started. Okay. Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander Inman, here today with Mr. John Kimball. Welcome, John. Hey, how's it going? Oh, awesome. Great to have you here. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. oh, my absolute pleasure. So I'm going to read a little bit about you and then we'll just jump right in. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, John, I'm just going to read this in your words as you wrote it here. Right. Because okay. you said you okay. got stories to tell. You've been in handcuffs, psych wards. So you've, you know, there have been suicide attempts. Now, an online, now you're an online personal trainer helping people, um, helping people for the better, just as you did yourself. So to reach more, you're here to reach more people. And just to, again, like you said, just to help them to share your story, your knowledge and your wisdom. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the main purpose of my life is to go down that path of like conscious congruency following strictly towards my conscience, healing myself and then giving that person to everyone else. Because I cause so much pain in my life where I, it's just I feel obligated to give back to everybody else. I feel like there's no other path in life but this one. Wow. And that is beautiful, right? Because that's when we find the true essence of our being, isn't it? Is when we start helping other people. Yes, of course. Yeah, because everything, I always like to say this, everything in which we wish to internally possess within ourselves, right, is what's most needed to be externally given onto others. So we, if we receive negativity, well, no, if we give out negativity, that's what we receive, you know, vice versa with anything positive. Yes, absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about your story, because I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, I have to tell you, you know, you've been in psych wards and handcuffs, and that's a pretty rough life. What led you to that? Yeah, and actually, before I start, it was I didn't notice until, well, I've always noticed this, right? But when you realize that you're not special, right? Like everybody's been going through that. Like today, somebody was sharing how their brother has been through the same thing. And I'm like, oh shit. So it's just like a normal occurrence to some people, you know? But anyway, yeah, it's all started. I grew up in like, you know, a very straight house, old, like a Christian based home. But I ultimately started hanging out with, he was like the biggest drug dealer in the city, biggest known drug dealer in the city. They got raided and all this stuff. Um, I hang out, hung out with his little brother and I always like to say your vibe attracts your tribe, you know? So whoever you hang around, ultimately that's who you're going to turn out to be. So I hung around with his little brother and that influenced me to start um, like getting in, involved in gang violence, dealing dope, smoking it, all that stuff. And that's where it ultimately started. Right. But you were in a Christian household. Yes. Yes. But this is the thing, right? I hung out with them and I was so inspired by that lifestyle. I mean, I was, and I just wanted to make them proud. <laughs> and he always stuck up for me, right? Even at school, there'd be, there'd be people picking on me and uh, stuff like that. But he'd always say, oh, you're not laying a finger on him. So it would always be like, oh, wow. You know, he has my back like that. You know, so I got to make him proud. And I was like, oh, shit. So that's when I really started getting involved in all that stuff. So basically, there was safety with that friend, right? So Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? We tend to gravitate to where we feel the safest. Yeah, we do. And the thing is, he was there with me. It was, it was about to get jumped by 22 people. 
because we had gotten set up that evening. Somebody was saying that they wanted to fight us or they wanted to fight me. So it was like, okay, cool. So we was walking down the street and then I counted. There was like people kept surrounding us and everything. And I was like, oh shit, like this is like 22 people. And we counted. And, but this is the thing though. I asked him like, you're going to be here if it goes down. He said, no, I'm running. So I was like, oh shit. So I'm alone. But that's when I reconnected with God. I started praying and praying to him. And then he ultimately said, the guy that I was going to fight called all his guys off because he said he thought I would snitch on him. So I was like, okay. But during that time, though, that's really where it massively started. Because, I mean, I would pull knives on people in street fights and all this stuff. I would, like, plummet people's nuts in their stomach. Like, I would just, it was just bad. You know, I was this very violent individual. So, and I always had that anger within me. That's another thing that that really did that. You know, I had that anger. I always lived with it. But, and that's something that I still live with, right? But that's the biggest like prerequisite to my successes now because what we're held with mostly on a day-to-day basis, mine's like my anger and anxiety. I use that to power me further into like forward progression towards the future because I use that to fuel me and like to really give me that motivation. Instead of running away from problems like I used to, through in self-indulging and instant gratifications like most men out here do, you know, I actually run towards the problem, seek deep within internally and try to find a solution for it. Because how are you going to expect to find a solution if you keep running away from the problem? You know, through these pleasurable decisions, perpetual pleasure chasing. Now, I know I'm 18, but I've transcended self and my actions are completely, completely aligned with everything, such as these men out here who's 30 plus or not. Yeah, I get it. And that's the and age honestly does not even matter because there are some very mature young people. And like you said, there are people who are older and they're not, they have not necessarily reached that level of maturity. So, and I, for one, I'm willing to learn from everyone because we all have a story and everybody has something to teach. Now you talk about being, you know, about anger and anxiety. Did you ever or does it even matter where it came from for you to heal? Like, no, no, it's all like, it's the same shit. You know, I mean, if you're held with anything, depression, anxiety, it's all just either depression. is like a past regressing on the past on something, that event that took place already, or anxiety is forward progressing into something that might take place, you know? And I always knew that when they would be like, Oh, we're going to jump you. And I would get these, um, threats that I was going to get jumped today. Nothing would ever happen though. And I would always, that I, that's when I really learned that I would always allow my imaginary evils to like ruin my mind and really self-sabotage cause me to self-sabotage all the time because I was allowing that. And it doesn't even have to be anything serious like that, you know? So I was saying like any negative state that we would ever have can be overcome by like peak physical performance, which gets us to a high frequency, you know, like doing something to get your heart rate up and giving something to others in which we wish to receive within ourselves, like I said earlier. So helping others out with their problems instead of worrying about ours. And then peak physical performance, you know, like hitting the ground, doing some burpees. It alleviates any negative state we would have because it puts us in complete clarity and alignment. Awesome. So can I ask you, though, did you find... The time in psych ward, did you find that helpful at all? Uh, I didn't because all it was was just keeping me from my bad habits. So 
I was doing a bunch. I got involved with some criminal stuff that happened. I had gotten arrested for like possession of a deadly weapon, possession of stolen goods, possession of illegal drugs, uh, fleeing from police and breaking and entering. And that like that my parents really they gave me like some hard truths and they didn't show any compassion. So I was like that. Re that's really what helped me, though. And I got admitted in the psych ward because one night we was drinking and then we crossed over on this dude's property and I was threatening him to kill him and all this type of stuff. And on that's the moment my dad slammed the door in my face and he was like, oh, maybe you do need to go, you know, to a mental hospital. And then I was like, I was like, oh, damn. So I had tried to and then I tried to take my life twice. That was after all of that. Right. Because I was seeing all the pain I was causing to them and all the criminal activity I was doing. It just all built up. And then I had gone into the psych ward. And the thing in there is it all it did was really magnify the problem. It just takes you away from everything and it isolates you where there's no vices or anything. And that's where you can really self-reflect because that's what I learned in there, right? So I was so addicted to like alcohol. I always drank all the time that they wanted to monitor me 24-7 that one night, the first 24 hours I was there and check on me every five minutes and observe me through a window while I was sleeping. And I couldn't get any sleep that night because I was so addicted. And they wanted to make sure I wouldn't withdraw, stuff like that. So that's the only thing that helped me, right, was in the psych ward was when I self-reflected during times of isolation. Mm -hmm. So the, the hospital itself really didn't help. It actually inflicted more fear because there was um, like a like you're segregated in different wings. And anytime you could get switched to like a wing or E wing and an E wing, there was a like full of dudes. And if you got switched into there, I mean, you, you would be ready to fight because every time when you'd cross each other, y'all would give each other mean looks and nobody from different blocks are friends. So, you know, it inflicted more fear than, than um good. But the only thing that really helped me was self-reflecting and taking accountability for my own actions. Awesome. And it's great that you, did that you were able to realize okay i'm here and this is how i can benefit so that really speaks to your inner strength oh yeah it does a hundred percent because this is the thing right they wanted to like they diagnosed me or wanted to diagnose me as a sociopath i think i was like 16 something at the time so they couldn't and then because all the criminal activity i was doing all the binge drinking the the perks everything i was taking and just my like manipulative, whatever, whatever they came up with. <laughs> and they wanted to send me to rehab, give me a therapist, put me on medication. And they were like begging my parents to send me to rehab and everything. I was like, no, I kept refusing. Like I didn't need that. So when I got out, uh, I probably did when I got out because I still did all that stuff. But this is the thing that changed it all. The hospital didn't or the psych ward didn't change me. I changed myself through waking up on the couch. It was this couch right here that I'm actually sitting on over for a bad hangover I came off of. I just like drank alcohol, pop pills, smoke weed all at once. And then that's when I really realized that what I was doing to myself was causing more harm to my parents and to my people around me than it was doing my actual self. So I ran in the mirror and this is, I did the number one thing that everybody should do when changing is take accountability for all my wrongdoings and actions. And I really was true and honest with myself and I took accountability. And then right after that, 
I was calling myself out on everything I was doing wrong. So I ran and I just ran, ran till now I couldn't anymore. And then my self-talk while I was doing that was directly aligned with a more positive version of myself. So the self-talk and the action was directly aligned. And then right after that, I got, it was like a pinnacle moment in my life where I got to a higher frequency. And then that's really what changed it all. All right. So a lot of people, and I know what you say, I know what you mean when you say frequency, but people may not understand how. So explain to people, what do you mean by getting to a higher frequency? Like what are the different frequencies and why should they matter? Right. So it's just, let's just say if you're in a, it's just a more higher positive state of mind. So if you're in a negative state of mind, if you're desiring all the vices and alcohol and you're doing all this shit that puts you down a bad path, if you do something like, let's just say something positive, right? Because you can't think your way into positive action. You have to act your way into positive thinking. So if you go out and you, like I said, you help somebody, you help somebody who's dealing with something that maybe you're dealing with or you get down on the ground, you do some push-ups, you have some burpees, you get that blood oxidation moving, your heart rate up, right? Which makes you like, which makes you think these higher thoughts and push you away from any negative vices or self-sabotaging, limiting beliefs that you once had before and puts you on a higher frequency, which means completely rids you of all vices and addictions and anything you had in that moment. And it puts you in flow state which is not realizing time as it passes by, right? So high frequency and flow state are like same thing, you know, and there's many ways you can you can get there. It's like when you're at your job and you're just crushing it all day and you're in flow state, you're not realizing time as it passes by. You're not really thinking of anything that's ailing you or once was ailing you in the past, like these vices or desires because you're solely focused on forward projecting, forward progressing towards the future. You're busy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Because I think that's so important for people to understand. Because like you said, you act your way into positive thinking, right? You don't think your way into positive action. Yes. I love that. Now, let's talk about your parents for a bit. Because you said your your parents were a little tough on you. So you grew up in a Christian home, and then you end up there. Now, what do you feel they did that really helped you? was giving me the hard truths, really telling me what I was doing was causing this and this action had this consequence, not really giving me compassion, even though I said I was depressed, which is just a selfish ass mindset, right? They was really giving me the compression I needed. So my dad, especially, I mean, he would just, I, all it was was compression, yelling at me, cursing at me. He's like, see, like, look, what you're, look at the effect that you're having on your mother, right? And when people put so much power into their words, and they really say it like that. I mean, you feel it. You know, sometimes, especially kids like me, act like it doesn't matter. But we're all we're doing is masking the pain. It does. Like We do care inside, and it really hurts. We feel it. But we mask it, you know, because we don't want to show it. So all, during all that time, I act like I didn't care. But truly, I cared. And over time, my dad, especially him, kept building up over and over and over again. He kept putting that into my mind that what I was doing was causing such a big, heavy consequence that it broke. It wore me down, you know, because if he would have gave up. Right. If he would have said, oh, he, he's not even listening. He's not even caring. No, he kept like I he I all I wanted was a good relationship with my dad. And I never had that, especially at that time. I didn't, you know, but if he kept on compress, compression, compression and telling me, you know what I was doing, 
I mean, I got fed up with it, but that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to get mad and fed up with it until you actually change. So um, ultimately, that changed me because it kept building up over time and it wore me down, like I said. And that's what's really needed because compassion, yeah, a little bit of it is needed, but we really need me. I needed compression. I needed that hard truth. Right. Now, what do you think would have happened if your parents had shielded you from consequences? No, if they didn't give me any consequences at all, I mean, I, I was probably, I mean, I would still, <clears throat> still be doing um, everything I was doing because like really and truly, sometimes no matter what the parents do, it wouldn't help because when the universe or God puts you on that path, of personal development that hero's journey nobody can stop you and uh, set for you to change you know so your parents your mom and dad they can't no matter how hard they try they're trying their best and it's, it is the best it's good but it, it won't work because it's that hero's journey that's needed you know you're needed some people are just meant to go down that path and really realign themselves to a better future because it's the law of polarity. Some people can't experience the highest of highs if they haven't gone through the lowest of lows. Exactly. And then now, though, you are positioned to help people who, you know, I or a lot of people can't relate to because I've never gone through what you've gone through. And that you can say, yeah, man, I've been locked up. I've been this. I've been that. I've gone through this. So, yeah. And this is how I got out of it. So you're perfectly positioned to help a whole lot of people just by sharing your experience. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a, the thing. I always even believed that I needed to go to prison to learn a life lesson. But you don't. You can just learn from other people who went there. And it's never <clears throat> glorification of the past, right? It's always just reflecting. People who glorify on the past never went through shit because I would never glorify on my past, past because I know how much pain it caused to everybody else. The reason why I share it and push it so much is because I reflect on it and I make sure people don't do that. And the fake hearts that think that that life is cool, it's not because it causes tons of pain, right? And they could get a, an abundance amount of clarity, just as I have, if they really saw it deep within their conscience and was completely congruent towards the lifestyle that they actually was best for them. You know, like they don't have to go to prison. They don't have to go to the psych where they don't have to do any of this stuff, right? They just have to really obey and abide by their conscience and follow everything that is telling them to follow. Right. Now, how do you know your conscience is speaking to you? Or when do you oh, know it's speaking to you? Because when you do, when you fuck up, right? When you eat that food that's not aligned with the body you want, or when you drink that drink that's not aligned with the person you want to become, or when you possess that energy that's not aligned with the energy that you want to bring to everybody else, something inside you, your conscience, which is like I call it the authentic voice of God, it speaks to you. And if you really listen and you don't drown yourself in vices and instant gratifications that further you from the truth, and if you really seek deep inside internally and if you're ready to change, you'll know that it's speaking to you because every time that you mess up, every time that you fail, you know, Every time that you break word and character to yourself, you feel that instant regret. And that's your conscience. That regret is telling you to change. It's telling you like, hey, dumb fuck, change. bro. like, you're going to, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. That's what it was telling me when I was laying on the couch. That's the reason why when I woke up from the hangover, that's, my conscience was so loud. It kept, because it just kept building up and wore me down. It was so loud. I had to do something about it. 
Wow. That's so powerful. So, so powerful. Now you had this awakening, right? So your awakening was on a couch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, the thing is that we all do, right? Is whether or not we follow with, we follow that path, right? Because we all get these aha moments or these moments that say, you listen, if you don't do something now, this is what's going to happen. Now, what does it take? What else does it take to make that change? Because there's so many people, like I said, who've heard that voice, who feel it, but the the old, right? They're so addicted to the old ways that it's difficult for them to change. Right. So and this is goes perfectly because somebody just before this was asking me about like my app and stuff like that because they ate something that they regretted instantly. And that's an aha moment even for them, right? Because mm -hmm. they eat something and they're like, oh, gee, I feel like shit. I just ate shit. And, you know, and then they want to change their bodies. So they want to, so they hit me up. And that's when you have to attack it when it's most like prominent to you because, you know, they were regretting it. So they hit me up. And that's when you have to do reach out to a mentor that's going to keep you accountable time after time after time because if you try to do it yourself it would have already been done by now you know mm -hmm. so reaching out to somebody for help even though as big as whoever's ego may be that is the best thing to do because let's just say if that person didn't reach out for f to me for help and they would have tried to find something on the internet they would have got discouraged and whatnot whatever and then they would have lost hope and then they would have had to wait for that next moment but now that they reached out to me you know, I provide them the solution, the simple, it's not easy, but the simple solution that will change them and change their life. So, and keep them accountable. You know, that's the biggest thing. But when that moment comes, you have to like attack it. Like you have to really be accountable to yourself. You have to hold your word and you have to follow, follow up on it through action. Yes. And thank you because you bring, because I tell parents all the time, you know, and people, we all need a village. A village is important because trying to do things by ourselves is, it's not going to work as efficiently, as quickly as if we're, you know, if we're in community and if we're in a village. So, you know, how did you, so when you had that moment, who, what did you do? Because you had that, you know, the awakening so was there somebody that you called or somebody that you reached out to or was it just an inner, you know? Yeah, it was mainly a, a inner thing. The I But you see, we're all connected to the universe. We're all collective consciousness, right? So let's just say me, I didn't reach out to somebody on the phone, right? But I reached out to someone as in I was watching somebody's videos and then that spoke to me in a certain way and that held me accountable just listening to this person his, his name was like his name was Wes Watson he's actually my mentor now because he went to prison for 10 years so obviously I admired that and he came out and changed his life you know and everything so I started listening to him and then like he was giving me that compact compression I needed and then that kept me accountable because I knew every time I would listen to him it would strike something in me. It would ignite something in me. So I didn't, so let's say, get on a phone call. Um, but I got, I was listening to videos. And that's such a good thing because I guess the age of information on like the internet. So you can just go on there and really find anything that really connects with you. And like I said, since the beginning, like what you hang around is what you're ultimately going to turn out to be. So if you ingest something positive every single day that really strikes you in a certain way, then, you know, it keeps you accountable.
Absolutely. And I'm going to go back to something that you said, because I think there should be a caution there. Because if you reach out, if you go on the internet searching for that person, when you're in that moment where you really need the help, that could become discouraging, right? That's something that you said. But if you get into the habit of researching and, you know, getting into the presence, whether it be on video or reading a book of these people, then you're already tapped in. So it'll be a lot easier to, you know, to make that, to take that step. Am I interpreting that correctly? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's correct. And then uh, really, though, all the solutions to our problems exist internally within ourselves. You know, everything is cultivated internally within us, you know, because throughout the times and the years when we keep doing all these fuck ups and we keep messing up over and over again, you know, the highest of highs, like the, the bright side of that tunnel is always cultivated within us. It's just waiting on us to actually flip the switch. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like like I said, everything, every problem that we have exists within us. We just have to seek deeply internally to really find it. You know, so maybe it isn't a, a video that some people need. Maybe they just need to do what I did, which was run in the mirror and look at myself in the mirror and call myself out on everything I was doing wrong, running right into everything in which I was most avoiding. And once you do that, once you get up every day and run right into everything that's most hardest for you, you will get massive clarity because you're finally doing what your conscience is telling you to do. You know, you're finally running into that problem that you kept running away from, that you kept seeking these perpetual pleasure chasing desires, which kept self-sabotaging, kept deterring you and furthering you away from the truth and the, pro and the answer to the problem. That's what's ne needed most. Right. Cause you know, like you said, what you resist persists, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now I'm going to go back to consequences because I had a conversation with somebody. I've had many conversations lately about consequences and about shielding children from consequences. Because I find a lot of times, not just in homes, but in the school system, children are being sheltered from consequences. Mm. And for me, that's tragic. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always see in my school, especially, I mean, I'm still a senior in high school, you know? So, I mean, I still see kids. This is the thing, right? This is what I most believe. Okay. So there are consequences, like you said, either there are none or they're minimal, you know, to the point where they just don't listen. They're like, Oh, I'll just get this consequence. It's nothing. Like if you've really like, so when I was on the run and I saw the police pass in front of my house multiple times, that struck so much fear into me. I just wanted to die. I just wanted to like, I was praying to God. I was like, God, if, if you let this go away, please, I'll, I'll stay. I'll love you so much, you know? So that fear was was so just paramount to the anything else. So it really made me change in that moment, you know? So if everybody would like have, like you said, real consequences, I mean, they didn't have to fear for their life, you know? Like I did in some situations, which really changed me, you know, like fear, the fear of getting hurt, but yeah, if there were more consequences just inflicted time and time again, it would help some people, right? But other people, maybe not, because although those consequences were inflicted onto me, I still never changed until I was honest with myself, you know, no matter what anyone else did until I was honest with myself. It's really, like I said, that hero's journey, when they're ready to change, mm -hmm. when they have that moment, when they're ready to change, because the more you keep pushing and pushing 
and pushing consequences on that person, the further away they might get, you know, so you sometimes it's difficult and it's not the answer that we most want to hear, but we have to wait sometimes. Like my parents had to wait for me. You know, I told them, I was like, y'all are pushing too hard. I even told them that I was like, y'all are pushing too hard. Can y'all just please, like, just give me time. And if, you know, that's what they did. They gave me time. I was, I really self-reflected, you know, had some time to do that, that internal dialogue, that internal work, and it worked, you know. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. I was not expecting that answer and I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I mean, my son who painted these, yeah, he, he liked to experience the consequences himself. You know, I could tell him, he goes, well, you know, mom, I had to find out for myself. And I'm like, why? I told you what happened. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's like that's even refers back to something a long time ago. A bee. I'm like, don't go over there. You'll get stung by the bees. I'm like, oh, whatever. And then I go over there, get stung by the bees, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm listening to you forever from now on. Yeah, (laughs) like you know. So sometimes, yeah, yeah, we do sometimes. And it's funny you brought up bees because I had a same a similar experience when I was younger, and we had like my grandma had these raised beds. So, you know, growing vegetables and that, and bees would be, you know, there would be bees surrounding it. And she'd say, stay away from the bees. And of course I would go and get stung. It did, I didn't do it just once. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I yeah. got that my hand would swell. I'd have to take the stinger out of it and I'd go back and do that same thing all over again. <laughs> So, oh boy, that's where my son got it from. Ouch. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh geez. Never funny. reflected on it until now. <laughs> and that's the thing. We just got to reflect on it. <laughs> I mean, if we don't really, like even something simple as that. I mean, I always, because our problems are, I'm oh, sorry, our minds are always blocked by the confusion and, and the negativity from the problems that we go through that we never really get the clarity we're looking for because oftentimes we react off of emotions and feelings rather than thoughts and logic, right? But if we stand back in that third person point of view and we really like look at it in third person and see and and stand back and look at it from that perspective and look at that problem that way instead of like emotion field and all that, then we can really find the solution way easier and really get more clarity that way. Absolutely. Right. Becoming objective as opposed to, you know, being in the middle of it. Yeah. And having enough discipline to withhold yourself. Because like, let's just say this, like, let's just say even for that an example, let's just say you went over there and got stung by the bees because maybe there was something over there that you wanted and something that kept calling you to go back. Right. But if we really cultivate that discipline, like each and every day and build it up over time, 1% every day, like I always say that ultimately adds up to something big at the end of the year, then you'll really create that 10.0 version of yourself. And you'll have enough discipline the next time to withhold yourself from like going over there. And then you can really see everything that you were doing wrong back then when you didn't have that discipline once before. Right. So then how do you decide on the 1% that you're going to change today? Oh, you just do it. You just take action on a day. Like I always say, when people say, oh, I'll do it like next week, I'll say, well, tomorrow's not fucking promise. You know, like, why don't you just attack it today when it's most, when the emotions are at the pinnacle, you know, and even if they're not at the pinnacle, they're still like, you still should attack it today. 
because by the time when you do attack it, you'll probably be like halfway down the line, you know, once you do get to that point. Right. And you probably won't even realize like, oh my goodness, I, I did this. I, you know, cause they say to us reading a book, I can't remember who it was. Like, I don't want to misquote anybody. So I'm not going to say her name, but I was reading a book written by a lady who's very big in um, self-development, like from back in the sixties. And what she said was when you face a fear it actually goes away, right? The thing that you fear, if you st when you start to face it, it's just like you're walking somewhere, you know, you take that step. It's like, wait, that step wasn't so hard. It really, you know, what was I afraid of? And it just gets easier and easier. Uh, was that true for you? Yeah, of course. That's what I was about to say, actually. We built up so much negative narratives and imaginary evils is what it is as we build up in our minds that actually make the problem way bigger than what it actually is. You know, so if we just ran into the problem, instead of thinking about it so much, it would be way easier. Like when I was boxing, for example, I would always have panic attacks before sparring. Like I would hyperventilate and tear up and everything because I was thinking too much. I was thinking way too much. And the moment that I like quit thinking and just, just, just ran right into it, I didn't think at all. I was like, whatever happens, happens. I accepted the worst that could happen. And I just did it. And every time I kept going back and it kept going back, it got less worse and less worse. And like by the end of it, I mean, I was dancing before a sparring session and I was happy that I was sparring. I even asked to spar because I kept running into the problem. Like I said earlier, instead of running away from it, because ultimately the more what we think we need is what we don't need. Right. So when we run away from it and when we seek that comfort, that's when it really starts to keep building up and building up. And we keep taking back steps because we run away from the problem. Absolutely. Gosh, that is yeah. so true. And you are so wise. Are you sure you're only 18? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I that's what I always tell people. It's like I don't believe in age and numbers. I believe in age and wisdom. You yeah. know, I mean, if you've been through some shit and then you know some shit, then like it's the law of polarity. Like I said, the lowest of lows, then you can experience the highest of highs, you know. And if you just really like construct habits on a day-to-day -day basis that really align you to the true self that you want to be, and if you actually do the fucking work and not run away from it and just act like you're participating in it, if you actually do it instead of procrastinating and waiting for the next day or the next second, if you just run right into it and stop believing those made-up, self-sabotaging, limiting beliefs that you put inside yourself, and if you just do it anyway, right? Just, just do, don't think about it in that moment, you know, and if you keep doing that over time, over time, you'll look back and the growth that you achieve will be paramount. It'll be so huge to what you thought it would be because you actually participated in the actions. And that's what I did. I just kept running into what was most hardest for me, getting up, doing everything in which I thought I couldn't do rather than everything that I could. And then that ultimately led to something huge. Yeah, you built that muscle, you know. I mean, I'm not, yes. not just physically, but that, you know, that yes. muscle that it took to power through these moments. Right. And the body, like I say, is a byproduct. Like, this is all just a byproduct of me cultivating such just a calloused over mine because of all the pain that I had. I That's what I did. I, I did intense physical action. I did action. I went up and I actually did the work. 
And then all over time that built the body because I was experiencing so much pain. I just wanted to go away. So I would do what helped me most, which was like push-ups, burpees, boxing, all of that helped, you know, like going right into that when I was feeling a negative state, I'd be like, Oh, I'm not liking my energy right now, like 20, 50 push-ups, and then I'd be better. You know, so the body's just a byproduct. Like I don't build I don't go to the gym to build muscle. I mean, of course we do, but not strictly just focusing on getting bigger. Because I get up, I go to the gym. Like I haven't missed in 540 days on a 2:30 to 3:45 a.m. wake up or or workout anything like that because it strengthens my mind so much. I have to have it in the morning. It's my morning process, you know, and that's what I teach my program and everything is that morning process and that way to alleviate that negative mindset. You know, that's what I teach and I preach and I push it because it works. It saved my life, so I teach it to others, and that's what I do in my program. Nice. Now tell me, what is your relationship like now with your dad? Because you said you wanted to be close with him. And of course, your behavior kept you separated from him in that way. Um, What's it like now? Oh, it's awesome. He came to the gym with me this morning. He couldn't stop laughing. I mean, yeah, it's it's because I was in my own way. You know, I would always blame them for what I was feeling. And I would think it would be I was like, damn, it's all of us. It's me. It's her, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's all of them the reason why we have this relationship. But it was me, you know, once you really, and especially as a man, you when you really put that blame on yourself, you take accountability and you're like, no, I'm fucking up. I'm this selfish ass motherfucker that needs to change. And then you change and then boom, there you go. Your relationship is now bonded again because you created that man that does what he needs to do regardless of how he feels. If you let your emotions take over your actions, then your actions will result into something in a relationship that you don't want. Wow. Super cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, because it is tough and, uh, you know, as a parent, it's tough watching your children grow, you know, be like watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it is so difficult. It's one of the hardest things. And then you have this great transformation and I'm sure it's like, you know, your parents are breathing new air now. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Well, actually, <laughs> I when I do things, I do it extreme, right? So when I was, like, even when I got arrested, the cop was like, I'd never seen a kid do it this much in this short time of frame out of all the people he's arrested because normally they build up to it, but you just did it all at once. And then even now I do everything all at once. So my mom's stressing about new things now. Like, why do you get up at 2.30 every morning and you go to the gym at 4, like, every single morning? Like, you know, she's stressing about that now. But it's better than, like, like passing out in class from, like, taking too many Zan, you know? So, I mean, it's new stresses, but it's better. So, I mean. And it's so crazy because as parents, I don't know why we want to find things to stress over. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, I see these kids in my class. And I'm like, damn, like, I feel bad for their parents now. Like, even though I know I was way worse, but just seeing, like, just the attitude and everything. But I'm like, oh, that's what's needed. Like, that's what they need to go through, you know, especially as, and I'm talking like I'm way older, but I'm 18. But I'm just saying, like, even as teenagers, you know, we always have these attitudes, especially. Um, I, I have way less now because I just, I have a process and a system that I use when I do have one. But people that don't have that, normal teenagers, right? I just see them with these attitudes and I'm like, holy shit, I feel bad for their parents. But, and I just couldn't even believe I was like that at one point. So I do know what you mean by what the parents have to go through. I'm not a parent, but I see it. You know, I see it in this, in my perspective, in my point of view. 
And I'm like, damn, you know, but like you said, it's like some people have to go down that, that path. Some people can't transcend self like this until, unless they actually seek deep within and they see a lifestyle that's admirable to them. And they're like, oh damn, that dude's dope. Like he don't even, like he don't, he don't use dope. Like he gets up at this time. He never misses. And people in my class see that within me and they want that discipline and everything. So if you can like show kids something an admirable life, like like if some lame dude is selling them the change, they're not gonna listen to him. Some fat sloppy dad is like that has a drink in his hand is like, oh, you need to change. Like I'm not fucking listening to him. You know, I'm listening to I'm listening to John. He's jacked. You know, he doesn't drink. He withholds himself from his temptations and desires. He gets up at two thirty. This motherfucker never misses. You know, and then like that's who I'm listening to. You know. Yep. I get it. Now, I'm go- I love this quote that you have on your website. It says, if you're worth, if you feel you're worth nothing, get up and do something worthy of feeling like someone. I love that. that yeah. Is- oh, yeah. I made that up a long time ago. Like, it was, yeah, no, 2022, because that's what I always lived by, like, just getting up solely living for others, like, asking myself, like, what can I do? the best over others today not with how they can best serve me you know and I just always knew every time I was like bored or wasn't active at all I was just sitting on the couch I felt like my life had no purpose we all have those moments you know but the moment I got up and I actually did like partook in action that got me busy and my mind moving like doing stuff for others or helping others out with problems oh my gosh it's like my life got completely back on track I got so much clarity and everything was perfect again, you know, because instead of just sitting there, like the, 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 the solution to the problem was actually right on the other side of just getting up and simply helping somebody else out with the problem. And that just made me feel so good. So I'm like, oh, I gotta, they gotta put that quote up. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's so profound. I love it. Now, yeah. Mr. John, if there's one thing you want people to leave this moment with, what would that be? that exact thing right there like what we most (laughs) wish to possess within ourselves is what's most needed to be given onto others you know if you feel depressed and anxious or whatever give that to somebody else you know give that compression to somebody else don't like our self-talk is always a huge number one factor but if we talk to somebody else like that like dude stop being depressed like people are depending on you you know like this is a selfish ass mindset then if you're feeling that way, you'll be like, oh, shit, this is a selfish mindset. And then, you know, you learn twice when you teach, you know, so it's always it's always good to do that. Awesome. And how can people get hold of you? Uh, Kimball underscore fit on Instagram and KimballFit.com on my website. That's where I have all my programs at, like my mindset training, nutrition and my elite life mindset where we like attack your vices and addictions you know but the i mean i always love my programs and i preach it all the time because it's what changed my life you know it's not just selling a nutrition and training program it's selling like a life changing program for like 10 bucks a day you know some it's like 300 a month and then these people out here spend way more money on useless shit a day you know on way more than 10 dollars a day on useless shit rather than personal development something that's actually going to change their life Absolutely. And when you say, I mean, enhance their lives, right? Because your quality of life is way different, way more, you know, um, it's better. It's much better than it was 
in the past. <laughs> no, of course. I'm lo- I mean, every second I'm loving, loving life, you know. I it's just I know I I used to think I'm like damn I'm gonna die any moment because I'm so at such always at high frequencies like I'm like oh, I just experienced like everything in life it felt like that because of how good I felt you know because I was so aligned with my habits I'm like I'm just gonna die any moment like I really thought I would die like the next day because of how good and how how much of a high frequency I felt and I love it because that goes to show even if your kid is like a complete, like, like he's just fucking up all the, you know, he's in jail in the ward or whatever, try to kill himself, run away. I mean, you know, I try to do everything in the book like that. And then I'm here now, you know, like I'm teaching others to heal themselves. So, I mean, it's just crazy how somebody could change like that. Yes. It's incredible. You have a calling and thank you for answering that call. (laughs) Oh, of course. Any opportunity I have, to push my um program and to push my knowledge what changed in my life is i'll do it fuck it wonderful thank you so much thank you so much for your time and sharing your heart with us because that's what i felt you just shared your heart and i really appreciate it so yeah of course of course i mean that's one more thing that's the thing i mean see if you really have these deep connections with people you'll completely forget any future anxiety you had or past uh, regression or depression you had because you're just in the moment. You're flowing in the moment. That's what high frequency is, this right here. I'm at a high frequency right now because I'm in flow state, you know, having a deeper conversation. Yes, yes. And it's been an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed our talk. And um, yeah, and to our audience, thank you for watching or listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Please share this. I mean, this has been so powerful. Um, please share it with someone. Okay, and you parents do it with con- 